What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful.com. It is November 19th, 2021. This is your AEW Rampage and your WWE SmackDown review. This show brought to you by WrestleRumble.com. Head over to WrestleRumble.com. If you're watching Survivor Series this weekend, this is the perfect companion. Even if you're not, go make your picks, not just on who's going to win, how long matches will be, if people will go through tables, like what finishers will, will finish the match, all kinds of fun stuff that you can uh, make predictions on at WrestleRumble.com. And you can win real money, too. Uh, I play WrestleRumble every single month. I love it. It is, I mean, you can enter one, two, three, four, five times. It doesn't really matter how many times you enter. But you can win $1,000. Second and third place win $100. I love this stuff. They do. Uh, they do all kinds of contests over there. So I highly encourage you guys to check out our friends. Uh, I mean, that way that way you're not leaving with like the gobbledygooker or something being the highlight of your evening. You can leave with some money. WrestleRumble.com. Follow them at WrestleRumble. But we are here now, Fightful. We're going to be here all weekend. Grapsity on Saturday. We've got the Twitch Watch Along on Sunday, the post show on Sunday. But right now, we've got Kate Hensler. Kate, how you doing? I am mostly doing well. I can't tell if I was just not into both shows tonight or if I just have a little bit of a sour hangover from what Alex and I did last night. Probably somewhere in between. I didn't think either show was particularly strong, but I'm sure, as has happened in the past when these releases have happened or things of that nature like are, are disruptive in the flow industry-wise yeah. of watching the actual shows i get a little distracted but i'm good other than that i got my flannel i'm here uh, yeah i'm happy people people kate kate knows it's flannel season you rule Thank that's you. funny because when i wear flannel or plaid out to a dinner people say that i'm dressed like a dad interesting the way that the the, the double standard of style in this world but you know what guys there's no double standard on our super chats and humper chats if you're not watching live, you can go over to humperchats.com and leave us a chat before a show, just really whenever you want ahead of a show, and we'll get to read it on the air. Uh, that is our Streamlabs platform. Obviously, we don't agree with some of the, the controversy regarding Streamlabs and their stuff, but you know what? They let us keep some more of our money, so it is greatly appreciated. If you head over to humperchats.com, you can still get your question or statement read with Super Chats, but we do encourage Humper Chats. Uh, Jan Beard says, Killer Kate Foley rocking the flannel. That is a Mick Foley flannel right there. It really is. And it's kind of funny because I think, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before I was talking about how much lumberjack matches are like my least favorite stipulation in the world. But now I'm out here sporting the lumberjack, the brawny towel man. Ken Shiro says, I like your Brooks and Jensen costume, Kate. Oh no. And I didn't, I didn't do the quick sell for Fightful Select. So I'll do that in a moment. Uh, Amir says, how's the asthma, Sean? Feel better? I had a collapsed lung like when I was in middle school, and it's been rough since then. This is the worst it's been since then. Still trying to to figure out what like exactly how to fix that. But Tyrone Kid, <laughs> I can't even go begin to sing this because I I can't approach. Yes, it. you can. I can't because the the one syllable in man like helps so much. But we get it. He's singing the William Regal theme. <laughs> That's what's going on. Uh, but my God, guys, get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats. And you know what? If you want more content, 
well, unfortunately, Fightful broke the news of eight releases last night. That sucks. It always sucks. Uh, I did about an hour on stream uh, last night. Then I hopped over because Kate and Alex on Fightful selected a very sour edition. And I went over there and got a little bit more angry. So if you want to tune into that, uh, you can do that at FightfulSelect.com. Uh, we are approaching our record number of subscribers, so it would mean an awful lot to me if you all supported us. Also today, I had a lot of backstage news on Hit Row, uh, sort of the backstage reaction to them, the creative plans, and uh, the, the future of at least one member. That's not stopping. This weekend, I've got a bunch of news on FightfulSelect.com. We're going to have news about Survivor Series before the show. Uh, I'm going to have a pretty major piece of Ring of Honor um, contract news. I'm going to have uh, more news on the WWE releases. I'm going to have news on the new Terminus uh, wrestling promotion, wrestling show that a ton of people are talking about with Jonathan Gresham and Baron Black. Like, it got incredible buzz this week. Um, and, of course, you know, lots of other scoops over there. And tonight we had uh, the rundown of SmackDown, but people always tell us to cover AEW first. So that's that's what we're going to do. But Ryan well, Sullivan wants we'll us to do that. If you leave a thumbs up on this video, maybe did I not tell people to do that? I know everybody in the chat yelling about bitches. it. Leave a thumbs up. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't listen, I took a picture with the wonderful Xenia from Russia and she posted it on her Instagram and her mom commented little hearts. And I said, Hey lady, those for me, those for me, I, I will take a picture with every single one of you. And then when you post it to your Instagram and your mother leaves a little hearts, I'll hit her with the those for me. If you don't leave a thumbs up, if you don't subscribe to FightfulSelect.com, that will happen. It will happen. And you know what? I think we all learned that you will also take anybody's mother to dinner, which yeah. is also you, just you, you wildly think, controversial. You think I'm scared of what's going to happen then? Have you seen my social media this past week? It can't get any worse. It can't get any worse. Don't. So you, people you, will think that's I a challenge. Like, give <laughs> us your money. If give you don't have a credit card, steal someone's. What it comes down to is that Fightful is the most subscribed to service on Patreon as far as wrestling goes. And ever, not, ever in the history of the universe. So I don't know. Don't you guys want to be cool is what I keep saying. Be just be Hannah, a cool person. Hannah feels insulted. I, I've heard too much about her mom to go after her mom. She's exempt. <laughs> She's exempt. Sorry, Hannah. Uh, Makovsky says it's taken me too long, but Alex looks like Gustavo from the Big Time Rush. Please look this up if you guys are confused. Okay, uh, so Luis, our great moderator, <laughs> posted a picture, and yeah, yeah. Uh, Brent Lockman says she's a lumberjack and she's okay. Thank you. I got it. That's Ryan the nicest Sullivan. thing anyone's ever said to me. You're okay. I'll take it. Ryan Sullivan <laughs> said, the scene in Fred Claus where Fred tells Santa that every kid deserves a present on Christmas gets me every time. I don't know if I've seen Fred Claus. What? Yet. I may not have. I think I, maybe I watched it last year. Jonathan. Yeah. One syllable. I had to make it more like scolding. Well, yeah. The, my my friends, the, the Cease twins, uh, call me Jonathan all the time. Of course, because you're for the ruckus. I am for the ruckus, although my lack of hoodie saying so would not indicate such. Uh, Nerd Guru says, wasn't impressed with either show tonight, really. SmackDown is meaningless, and I don't like what they're doing with Cole. 
post-releases blues, I guess. Well, Nerd Guru, I have a funny story involving you, actually. There has been somebody. Night, his mom, right? No, 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 no. There's been somebody leaving us humper chats, and they're trying to, like, dig at me, saying, like, is Sean still being woke about the lack of representation? And I was like, listen, I'm not going to read your... I'm not going to read your bullshit on the air. If you want to send something else, you can. Well, they tried to fake their name as Nerd Guru and send one of those. Like, I couldn't see the email associated with the Humper Chat. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Nerd Guru, I thought you'd like to know that. And it's like, they're giving us money for this. Oh, that rules. And you don't even acknowledge it. Well, I'm I'm not. If if you are mean, I'm not going to acknowledge it. Oh, of course. But it's just even funnier of like, here's my money to be mean to you and not have it read is a of special place in my heart. It's wild. People get weird, man. Uh, but yeah, please leave a thumbs up on this video. I dropped an interview with a fellow by the name of Drew McIntyre today. Maybe you all will like it. And I know Drew does a lot of media, uh, but I asked him questions that he just hasn't been asked. So there you go. FYI. Yeah. I love me some sofa says Tony Khan just tweeted that for winter is coming. We're going to get some info on the Owen cup. Uh, the winter is winter is coming show is the 15th of December. So uh, that month starting to shape up with no WWE pay-per-view. I'm sure impact will have some sort of event, but uh, there you go. Tone says, what, what if they just re-debut sting? Like just, <laughs> just do it over again. Tone says, Night, Sean. Can't be here. So, BTW, it'd be awesome to see Shane Taylor promotions with Lee, Yim, and Adora hold all the gold <laughs> at the same time in AEW as baby faces. I don't see that happening. I could see Shane Taylor promotions and Keith Lee forming something, though. Uh, he says also some fantasy matches. STP versus Leo and Top Flight. Uh, Gresham versus Pack versus Silver. Your thoughts? Oh, I, I love those matches. I love the idea of Shane Taylor promotions bringing in Keith Lee. A lot of people have no idea that early on in their Ring of Honor run, Shane Taylor and Keith Lee were tag team partners. And Keith Lee obviously was the higher profile name then and still is now. But Shane Taylor has really, uh, really added an awful lot to his profile of late. He, in a promo, in, in a promotion, in a promo said, those Los Ingobernables bitches. And I think it's my favorite thing that happened in wrestling this year, including the CM Punk return. Yeah. Nerd Guru says, using my name for BS like that upsets me. Thanks for letting me know. I try to be as respectful as possible with my favorite post show. Take more money, FTF. You know what, buddy? I knew it wasn't you immediately. When when Luis copied that over, I said, that ain't my dude right there. So I looked at that email and I spotted it. In, who says I don't do investigative journalism? That's but, not our nerd guru. It's we not our buddy. Our, not our no friend. Way. I know you guys. Brent Lockman says TK describing info in the Owen as a schedule instead of a bracket feels like a very good sign. We'll see when we get more information. I don't necessarily like the announcement of an announcement of an announcement. Like, cause that's, that's what happened today. He announced that today he'd be announcing that at winter is coming. There'd be an announcement. I don't necessarily like that. I think you just could have waited, but here's the thing. Everybody was asking him about the goddamn Owen. So, I mean, we've been asking him every every presser um, for the last couple of weeks. But we started off the show, Darby Allen versus Billy Ass and the Ass Boys, Rod and Todd Ass. Of course. 
Um, so in, in like, I, I understood this match. It wasn't for me. So this was very plotting. It was very slow. It was Billy Gunn, Billy ass throwing around Darby Allen like a sack of taters. Um, but to me, there was way too much downtime in this match because if you are Billy ass, I don't think you're going to spend that much time just chilling Goofing around with Sting, no. doing that. Now I get it. You gotta slow it down. You gotta slow it down. But I don't. This one just wasn't for me. Um, I have a problem and not a problem with the kick out before one on the coffin drop because Darby Allen hadn't done like anything before that. So in a way, I'm like, ah, you know what? I get it. But then he hit another one right after that and got the pin. So I was like, okay. Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, how'd you feel about this match that was pretty much Billy Gunn throwing Darby Allen, then walking around the ring for a minute at a time? So I didn't like this match before they even got in the ring. Let me explain that first. I feel like Darby Allen losing to CM Punk and losing to MJF could use some meaningful wins. I don't think that the gun club is the meal ticket to those meaningful wins. It made no sense to me. And I definitely don't think that we needed Darby Allen to, because he's going to almost die in every match. I've accepted that at this point, but like, I don't need him almost dying for Billy Gunn in 2021 on television. You know what I mean? Billy Gunn is 43 and six in AEW. Yeah, but, that they should be ranked, to be honest. Yes, yes <laughs> as a team. He's like one and two in singles, but tag team trios, all that stuff. Like they're they're eight and oh as a tag team, sixteen and one as a trios. Like I get the the idea of booking him against a quite frankly, a household name. Almost everybody that watches wrestling knows who Billy Gunn is. Period. Okay. If you don't know who Billy Gunn is, I don't know where you've 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 been, but I get it. Yeah, I just think like a program with Darby Allen and Ricky Starks might be a little more interesting than Darby Allen almost dying for Billy Gunn at several points. This was just not for me. It felt long and it wasn't that long of a match, which is not a good sign. And Darby's just insane. And I'm like, man, you're gonna you're gonna fill up your bump card for Billy Gunn that hard? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. This wasn't for me from the booking standpoint. And then. In the match, yeah, I hated the kicking out at one on the coffin drop thing because it just makes it before look... one. Before one, yeah, because if you want to do two, because Darby hasn't really gotten any offense in, and Billy Gunn is legit a big ass dude. <coughs> I'm uh, fine also, with that, but it makes the finisher in general look weak. Yeah. But thanks to Tony Shade for subscribing to Fightful Select during this show. Uh, your mother is exempt, so um, shout out for you, Ali C says. Kate serving red vibes, fightful Taylor's version. Mm. C says, can't believe they buried Billy Gunn, the ass man. Well, Chris Reigns, uh, who's been donating like like crazy lately. Big thank you, Chris says, loved hearing the ass boys chant. Dan Housen would be proud. That brings back good memories from the cruise. I feel like right now, if Dan Housen was healthy, they would bring him in for like a one-off for the just the aesthetic. Just the look of Darby with the paint, Sting with the paint, Danhausen with the paint, beating the ass boys. I think that would be great. Reese Power says, give me the ass boys versus Darby, Sting, and Danhausen. 
unfortunately, Dan Housen's out for probably several months. So, um, yeah, yeah. that was an, a nasty break. Jambeard says, Killer Kate not liking Billy ass. Kate whoa, ha- hates whoa. ass confirmed. Please do not take that out of context. I have no problem with some ass. It is all about the butt. And I no longer had that clip because I ran it into the ground. Sawyer <laughs> says, the booking of the match makes no sense, but I'm low-key a huge Billy Gunmark. And seeing him wrestle in 2021 makes me pop. Also, he's in arguably the greatest comedy of all time, The Other Guys, background at a Knicks game. So everybody big, deserves that respect. Big arguably, I'm calling that the greatest. That it's that great comedy, movie. it has aged miraculously since the 2010s or whenever it came out, or like the maybe 2008, 2009. It has aged wonderfully. I will say that that match was for whoever just super chatted us last. That's mm-hmm. perfect. If you're a Billy Gunmark and it made you excited to see this match, and maybe you are someone who's tuning in after SmackDown and you see Billy Gunn, you're like. That's awesome. And holy shit, who's this dude? That's who this was for. That makes sense. Cowboy Flint says, here's a Humper Chat asking wrestling people to be less weird online. Yes, please. Please be normal. Uh, Ryan Sullivan says, doing this because I love being a super Humper. Well, you, you donated it on YouTube. I don't even think it was a, a Humper Chat. What are you talking about, Ryan? Was his earlier one a Humper Chat? No, I don't think so. Uh, Daniel R says, any idea what's going on with New Japan and Noah? They're retweeting each other's tweet. They got a presser sign or set up for the same time. Uh, I would assume they're doing something together. Dylan Bishop says, with TK being a soccer guy, uh, I see the Owen being a World Cup style format of many round robin groups followed by a knockout stage. And that sounds fun. It's football, not soccer, says Luis. Um, I'm ready for something completely different out of the Owen. I think it should be something completely different. And yes, Ryan's earlier was a humper. Sorry for the disrespect. Wow, calling my Wednesday. Okay, that's why he did it as a, a fraud. So that's why he did it as a super humper. He did a super chat and a humper chat. My apologies, Ryan. I do sincerely Judy, apologize. Faithful, There's he, no, there's no bigger betrayal than saying you're a super humper and someone saying you're not a super humper. All of true. you. Should also be super humpers by giving us money on both platforms. <laughs> Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky say they are not done with the inner circle by a long shot. Of course they're not. And I fear that AEW is leaning into rematches too much lately after a period of them like almost never doing them. But we're getting like an awful lot of like Jurassic Express and the Elite, and we're getting now a lot of inner circle, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Daniel R says. Can ATT and Inner Circle be done, please? I think they probably are for a while. I think they'll bring them back whenever they need them. But I, I get men of the year, like, continuing to go for it. It's just, I was a little bit of me was like, really? Do we gotta, do we gotta? I, <clears throat> my hope is that this leads to Scorpio Sky getting a TNT title shot and or Ethan Page getting a TNT title shot. Because that's Ethan a good just way. Did, though. Oh, yeah. Good point. Forget that. Scratch that part. My (laughs) other part, great. Smooth sailing. Great Um, idea. Great idea. I'm killing it on the first half of that book. Yeah. Um, Like, I'm hoping that this is a transitional idea and not a situation where we're continuing these two stables. Because I did notice in the promo, they said American Top Team. And then on commentary, Jericho said Men of the Year. 
and they were speaking for themselves again. So my hope is that this is a way to more gently transition the story into something that is either going to be a TNT title shot for Scorpio or, you know, if it's Santana and Ortiz versus uh, Sky and Paige, like that's a little bit different. I just don't need it to be like all the inner circle all the time. But I've said a few times, there's two things with AEW with all of these staples. One is they don't know when to give up on the story. Yes. <laughs> they just I, keep running them back. I got a lot of other... people. I got a lot of people saying Jericho is going on tour soon. He ain't going on tour for four and a half months. And by the way, he doesn't schedule Wednesday Wednesdays on tour. He always schedules them off, so that tour doesn't mean anything. Everybody's been saying he's going to go on tour for like four years at this point. He doesn't work. <laughs> he doesn't do tours on Wednesdays. Yeah, it's surprising that that's not like a big money maker for live music. You don't have to do Wednesday. Yeah. Nights. But the other thing is with long-term stories, one thing they're good at is letting stuff simmer in the background and then picking it up and making it feel really hot. I think they're going to do that with Punk and Eddie. It's great. They don't have to continue a long-term story by having it on TV every week. They they can turn up the the heat on the burner when they want to. So my hope is that that's where this goes. Sawyer says, I'll take men of the year versus the former LAX once or twice. Then both teams, for the love of God, go for the titles. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think if Santana and Ortiz win that feud, which that match is going to rule, then they should go for the titles. Absolutely. Uh, JRG says, I'm getting tired of the recent trend of bringing up size, being a major factor in the matches. This has rarely been a thing previously in AEW, and it's killing me because it destroyed part of what made AEW unique. I do not think they should be ignoring size at all. Like, they should play into styles make fights the reality is darby is better now billy gunn is old <laughs> billy gunn is they even brought it up on commentary he's training for a bodybuilding competition right now and staying in shape doing that that's not optimal performance for him he's not 30 35 anymore but i do think it's okay that somebody who has a hundred pounds on a guy is able to to muscle him around i'm okay with that i would say it. That's also okay when, like, there's not a ton of really big dudes in AEW, so it is something that stands out when that's the case. Like, you could talk about Will Hobbs' size because there's not a lot of guys walking around that yeah. look like Will, Will Hobbs. So there's part of it where I get what you're saying, where you don't want it to be, like, the story that's being told is just the dimension of the size, but there's also acknowledging something that's right in front of your face. And, Plus like... Plus, they got they got to start mentioning girth. It's important. It's they just never like it's important. It's important. So important. Thunder Rosa cut a promo. It was good. It was simple. It was quick. She yells and curses in Spanish, and I love that. So does Tone, who says sad about the releases, but glad AEW brought me back some much needed joy. Another easy watch. Loved Rosa swearing in Spanish, but it getting beeped out. Excited to see my buddy Thunder Rosa. At uh at WrestleCade pops up in our chats here and there. She's the best. And I also I was like, I don't know why she's like so lovable and adorable when she's yelling that people are stooges, but it was like, I don't know. She's just so likable. I loved I loved it. It was short, it was simple. I like it when people know how to get the hell in and out on promos that don't go too long. It's valuable. We have the Paige Brian package. It's announced that uh Eddie Kingston will face Daniel Garcia on the Black Friday rampage. Uh, but that's not it. QT Marshall cuts a promo and says, I want to face CM Punk in Chicago. And Punk goes, I've lost in Chicago, but I've won in Chicago a whole lot more. 
I mean, there were some people that were like, no thanks, no thanks, no thanks. I'm okay with this. I'm I'm all right with this. Dr. Six Fingers Esquire says, I do appreciate AEW's post-pay-per-view resets where lower card folks start feuds with bigger names. QT after double or nothing, now the ass boys. I'm willing to give them time to build this. Uh, he says QT after revolution. Well, this is so CM Punk can get a, an ass whooping win in Chicago. I think that's what this is for. Yeah, especially uh, with Cabana losing to Danielson in all likelihood. So I, this was very like silly to me because QT Marshall said something about like he used go to sleep as a pun that was like, get it. And then in Punk's promo, he, he was like, we'll find out who the bigger turkey is. Like kind of just was like, let me le- meet you at your level of bad pun, which I, as a connoisseur of bad puns, really appreciated. This match will be fun. And I'm wondering if they're going to try and bring back that stable a little bit. And I think that's really interesting, right? You have Danielson running through the dark order and you could very easily have CM Punk go through these guys too at the same time and just be putting over a lot of talent um, without jumping into title pictures or disrupting what's happening in them. So if that's, I don't know if a go-go is coming back, if he's cleared to come back or anything like that, but even I think if he it's just, like, I think he just headed back. I think, I think oh, he's back so in the States. That's really cool. Then QT Marshall's like a, a really great wrestler. Like people he forget is, what a reliable hand good. he is. So um, I, I think that's great. And it also gives Punk time away from titles, getting kind of more inconsequential wins and then visiting maybe the MJF stuff at the same time. Like, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, why not? Let's do it. Let's have some fun. Alicia says, wasn't able to be on the Dynamite post-show uh, because I was at the show in Norfolk and that was the best time of my life. Did not have a voice the day after and I may or may not have cried while singing Cult of Personality. It is a special experience, and that that music is a big part of that. Uh, T. Daniel Barber says AEW has too many people to do all these rematches. That's my thing. They've got a loaded roster. You don't have to do rematches all the time. Uh, Brent, Brent Lockman says, shout out to Andy Williams, who is the butcher. He says, think the dude tore his bicep Wednesday and then went right back to the stage. Crazy, tough bastard. I've not confirmed that yet. I'm working to confirm it. I did hear the report. But either way, I hope he's doing okay. Definitely. I have a super chat. I'll Venmo you later. <laughs> um, do you know if part of the reason they don't rotate talent or they do a lot of rematches has to do with the taping schedule that like Rampage and Dynamite are in the same day or anything like that? Like, do, are they just Sometimes. able to travel with less people? Yeah, I would imagine they're traveling with less people. I, I don't think they're bringing everybody there. There are some like... It felt like 2.0 and Daniel Garcia weren't on the show for like a month at one point. So, and then they pop up, though, and there they are, and they're good to go. So, yeah, but I mean, then just bring new people in. Uh, <laughs> Anna says, also, the music is a big part of it when it's Phil. Looks like the music was a big part of it when it was Chris Jericho. Uh, for you, buddy. Um, buddy, pal, friend, our great Why? moderator, and now, um, I guess, lead soprano. Um, yeah, by, by the looks mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I saw her on screen singing Chris Jericho's theme. And she's usually tweeting about how she's shaking her ass to Brian Danielson. Yeah, but we saw no evidence of that. We no did saw, not. They didn't show that on screen. They did so not. So I, I don't believe it happened. R26 says, didn't watch SmackDown and chose the live TJPW show over Rampage. But here's some money of the humper variety for being awesome. Hey, Watch what you like, and if you want to send us some humps, 
do it. Thanks for humping. Jay Panaccio says, both shows were just kind of okay today. Can we talk about the coolest thing in wrestling the last two days? Drake Maverick's video he posted on Twitter. Amazing stuff. It's almost like creative people can be creative when you let them. Everybody that gets into wrestling on their own are creators. They create stories, characters, moves, catchphrases, angles. And then when they get to be creative, they are very clear. He saw the writing on the wall and had this produced ahead of time. And a thing that I noticed that a lot of people didn't, if you watch the open, it looks like his video from last year. It is actually a different take. If you watch them side by side, he had multiple takes of that video last year, <laughs> which makes me wonder, did he work himself into a shoot last year? Did he know what that uh, mm, makes you wonder? Jam Beard says, if you want your girth to feel important, use Blue Chew. Rob Reed says, entering the stream late, enjoyed Rampage tonight. This is the first night in a long time. I just decided not to watch WWE. Still a bit sour from last night. That's that's also understandable. As is, I love me some Sova saying, lost my voice singing Judas. Lake the says, Judas in your vocal cords, am I right? No, not anymore. <laughs> Lake says, I love Billy Gunn because I'm old and remember him and the smoking guns doing cowboy shit before Adam Page was born. I don't, was it before Hangman Page was born? Let me see. He Let walked me see. so that nope. he could run. It wasn't before he was born. Wasn't before he was born. You got fact-checked, sucker. <laughs> Although, <laughs> Hangman Page is the youngest AEW world champion of all time now. How about that one? Yeah. At 30. Oh, wow, I didn't even think about that. At 30. <laughs> how about that? So I would imagine that would make either Baker or Sheeta maybe the, the youngest world champion of, of any kind but I'd have to look. Somebody look that up for me. Luis! Luis, our good friend. Oh my goodness, like he doesn't do enough for us. Please look that up for us. We had Jade Cargill defeating Red Velvet. This has been, this is this is a story that has had, had threaded through. Thought it was a pretty solid match. I love uh, Jade Cargill. I love the way she pins people. I just love the way she pins people. She, she hits a good 2.9 kick out. Oh, Riho was the youngest by far, by far. Oh, yeah, of course. What do you think of Jade and, and Red Velvet? Um, it had its moments. <laughs> there were some spots here that did not work. I'll say this: when Jade Cargill does some power moves, she does some damn power moves, and especially with women that are Red Velvet stature, they look great. Uh, there are just some things that make me nervous if they're continuing on the trajectory that she's on to be the first champion. Now, the TBS title might be very different than the women's championship title. The TBS title may very well be something that changes hands a lot faster, is more of a workhorse title. Her first loss could be a title loss, and then that makes that reign feel like something very big and important and makes her look really good in the process. This just wasn't great for me. And part of that, I think, is just Red Velvet. I wrote in my <laughs> I wrote in my notes, Darby Allen, I've accepted he always looks like he's going to die. And then I said, yes. same for Red Velvet. Uh, um, you know there... what? She, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's uh, she and I, I think there were just points in this where they're both a little bit greener. So that thing of I'm an absolute powerhouse and I'm an 
absolutely flying through the air sometimes just becomes like a little bit too much kinetic energy. So there were just some scary moments in here and some moments that just didn't, um, didn't feel or look great in my opinion. But, um, you know, to me, if I were booking this and I had originally had Jade on this path, I might consider switching it to a Statlander or a Ruby Soho. Or if I did want to stick with Jade, I would likely have her lose to someone get cost by someone uh, and have her first loss be a title loss and kind of earlier in her reign. Because I think the, the look she has and the charisma she has are so special and unique to her. But until she's a little bit stronger ring-wise, I think she should continue with some squashes and maybe have a shorter reign if that's going to be the case. WDB Mark sends a super chat and says, aside from Big E, no invasion angles, terrible build. On the other hand, Jade and Velvet have improved immensely from their previous match. Great stuff. Yeah, I think uh, even with those criticisms, the, the improvement <laughs> is evident. Yeah. Jambeard sure. says, had to do a thumbs up because Judas number one fan, Cher, told me to miss both shows, but I think Jade is TBS championship material. I, I think they'll, they'll accentuate the positives, hide the negatives for her. Um, and... I think that she'll be on some tape shows defending uh, here and there. That's probably smart. And Nerguru says, after that Jade match, strap up Rosa. I don't care if the story with Britt is there because uh, there's a wealth of free agent women out there now. So, yeah, I think with, with Ember Moon uh, available, that kind of opens it up because I think she's immediately a main, main event level talent. I think Tegan Knox is around where Ruby Soho is as well. She hasn't had that big main event level run. Uh, who else is available out there now? We've got a free agents uh, article uh, or post out there on our resources section. I don't brag about that enough, guys. Uh, over at FightfulWrestling.com and Fightful.com, we have a resources section that has all the rosters. It has the updated free agents list. It has an update of top independent wrestlers. Uh, viewership, King of the Ring, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania winners. Uh, as I'm looking, you, you've got your Chelsea Greens. If they were going to bring her in, they would have already, I think, at this point. Um, Trisha, Adora, and Willow but, worked, yes, right? Yes, Willow. But I'm talking, like, globally exposed. Uh, there's sure. Frankie Frankie Monet, for sure. Um, I could see Chelsea coming in and doing, like, a TBS title open challenge. I could see her uh, popping up in, in that capacity. Mercedes is not signed yet. Mickey could pop up. And that would be a good opponent for Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, in the future, I think. Wait, Mercedes um, isn't signed? I thought she was. I don't think she signed. I think uh, she's just doing impact dates. They uh, should sign her. Probably should. <laughs> a lot of people should probably sign her. Yeah, um, yeah I think there, there's, yeah, there's some. Like, I could see a lot of people coming in and doing one-offs um, for the TBS title open contender. Roxy is, is another one. But again, globally exposed. Yeah. Yeah. Rob Reed says the Matrix esque fallaway slam from Jade was insane. That it was. Joey Bagadonut says Jade versus Red Velvet looked like when Ray fought Big Show. Styles do make <laughs> fights. Styles do oh, make yeah. fights. Oh, yeah. Chris Rain says, I hope they don't miss with the first TBS champion like I feel like they did with the first women's champion. And that's understandable. It felt like they missed with a lot in the reigns of a lot of the women's champions. Um, Dr. Six Fingers Esquire asks if uh, Big Swole was okay. Uh, I actually talked to Big Swole this week, and she was in good spirit. She sent some love to our friend Jesse, who um, is in the hospital battling some stuff. So I, I sent her a thank you, and 
She was very nice and very caring about it, but has not wrestled for a couple of months. Uh, she battles Crohn's. I don't know if that's what has her sidelined, but uh, out of action right now. Is Ricky Starks injured? He says that uh, he's fine and cleared and good to go. Uh, but, I mean, they they don't have him in there getting the reps of somebody who is, but he says he is. Will Ware says, me. You know, I agree with Alex that I really don't like Jericho these days. Also me. Get legitimately tilted when ATT attack inner circle when I went to Dynamite at Indy and cut <laughs> off Judas. It's a part of it, like... If I were AEW, I would find an excuse to play every one of those licensed songs. Punk, Orange Cassidy, uh, Moxley's theme, Jungle Boy's theme, like all of those at tapings. You got to do it. Oh, gotta yeah. <laughs> Wyatt 12 says, as Dan Housen said, Chris Statlander <laughs> for Sci-Fi Network champion. My God. Uh, and Nico Regoli says, I like how Jade Velvet has quietly set up as AEW's biggest mid-card women's feud. Maybe Velvet uh, will be the person to take the TBS title off Jade. I find it funny that Punk's next opponent is someone else whose name is just two letters. I <laughs> I think eventually Velvet gets her win over Jade, but I think it'll be quite a while. I think it'll be quite a while. Yeah, and I would also argue, I guess you can't really call it a mid-card when we're talking about Sheeta and Serena Deeb. <laughs> like, yeah. it kind of, It feels crazy to call it that, but I would say that that story and in general one thing to give a lot of credit to with this tournament is we are seeing women's stories get developed out of it which is a huge complaint that i've had um with previous tournaments on both sides with the men's and the women and and most companies i've had that issue this year so it's nice to see some long-term storytelling in the women's division and using a tournament is a great device to get it i.e all of new japan uh, so people in the chat have mentioned Mia Yim as well and Lana, but I think if Lana comes in, she's going to be doing something with Miro. That's, oh, yeah. I don't think it'll be uh, in, in that other particular role. Well, we had Cole and Fish, Future Shock, Undisputed Era, losing to Jurassic Express. This was, this was again, uh, very similar to the match Saturday, except it was without all the weapons. It was very much a spot-heavy thing. There was one spot where production was really helped out. Uh, it's when Lugasaurus whiffed on that wheel kick, but the wheel kick was behind the head, so you couldn't see it. And the ramp was on the side where you would have been able to see it. Meanwhile, Cole was blocking the view on the other side, so it ended up working out okay. You could just tell by the trajectory of his foot that it didn't land, but otherwise there were some incredible spots in this. I did feel like at one point Cole had to wait around a little bit for a spot to unfold, yeah. but there was some really fast paced action and Cole leaving O'Reilly out to dry or not O'Reilly Cole leaving fish out to dry. <laughs> O'Reilly's about to leave WWE out to dry. I think this makes me wonder where is this going? Kenny's going to be out for months, probably for months. And I had yeah, people I saying so, after hearing what his body has been through, I hope he's out for months. And I had people saying, what about the undisputed elite? And I was like, that would actually be really good. If you did undisputed elite for like four or five months and Cole led them. And then Kenny Omega comes out and he goes, what the fuck is this shit? Like what, what is this? And then you branch off and you go, and, and Kevin Owens is going to pop up at some that point. That was going to be my thing is what if Mount Rushmore gets involved in the mix here? Like 
there's so many angles that they can go. And I feel like they do have long-term visions for their things, but like some of that might just literally depend on if Kevin Owens signs there, like, because there's so much you could do with Mount Rushmore, the elite and undisputed era under the same roof, sharing so many members. You mean the indisputed era. Era, excuse me. Yes. Undisputed era is trademarked. Thank you. Uh, Evan writes says Luchasaurus with fans back is an amazing sight. Uh, and Zach Schimmel says Adam Cole made me mad leaving fish out to dry. Maybe it's because of watching Undisputed Era 2018 to their death. Cole is my favorite and it worries me of a reunion as this is the second time. Does this make sense? Am I jaded? I would love it if like Kyle O'Reilly, they've got to reference it because wrestling history is AEW history. They reference it. All and like time. maybe even something like Listen, buddy, we fought it out. We're okay. That place will drive anybody crazy. I think that would be <laughs> a nice thing. Okay, I had an idea. Well, somebody else had an idea, and I named it this. Okay. What if <laughs> on BTE, you had Adam Cole being Keith Lee's manager, and you called it Budge It Cuts? Because it's like cuts of the show and then the bunch thing anyway main event was really good had some really fun spots i just was like hey i saw this like five days ago i didn't <laughs> need to see it again but some really really cool stuff and there's just so much here because the champion kind of somewhat sort of mended bridges with the young bucks like they seem to Acknowledge that this was his time. What does that mean? What does that mean when Kenny comes back? Is Kevin Owens going there? Like, there's there's so many layers to this, and they're so good at just sitting in them that I think what they can do is say, okay, this is who we ended up with, whether it's Owens, O'Reilly, whoever, um, whether it's the, the box of New Japan talent that they keep spelling out into America, which is super fun for a nerd like me. Um, like there's so many different places they can go. This might be one of the few instances that they don't have it completely clear in their head yet. They probably have like seven different options and they'll go with whatever <laughs> comes down the ramp with whoever they sign. So, but I, this was great. I didn't need, I didn't need to see it again though. Put Ricky Starks on my screen, put other people on my screen. Evan Wright says, give me Omega Steen and Cole Trio, please. And Brent Lockman says, the chasing the dragon variation looked br brutal. I giggled like a schoolgirl. I did miss that. I definitely did. Yes. Yeah. Nerd Guru says, been trying to think of a spot for Gargano in AEW. And I keep coming back to like a year-long TNT title reign that just puts on nonstop bangers. You know what? I got to credit my dude, uh, Cold Kill on Twitter, because I hadn't even considered this. And he was like, I think Johnny Gargano being added to best friends is what can put them over the top. Ooh. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you know what? He would fit in with their, their funny stuff and their serious stuff. I think that'd be a really, really good one. Also, we didn't mention Sting and Billy Gunn are apparently going to have a match. I'm not excited for that at all. No, I hope I'm not. I'm never rooting for like interference. I like, clean wins and losses, but I'm like, please God, <laughs> let this actually be about Darby and this, Austin Gunn. <laughs> this is true long-term storytelling. This, this is, is the, the longest-term storytelling. This is storytelling from um, Billy Ass running in on Sting's WrestleMania match. That's what this is. I mean, Arn and Tully teased that they were going to have something, so why not? <laughs> let me see if they've ever faced each other. I, w I wonder if they did in TNA. They had to have in TNA. 
like Billy Ass was there too long. Billy Ass was there for a very long time. Sting, well, before his ass boy. Sting wrestled Billy Gunn. Get this, not in TNA. At NWA Mid-Atlantic, some random show in South Korea. Wow. And then they did a six-man tag match where Sting actually teamed with the Road Dog and Booker T, and they beat James Storm, Kip James, and Robert Roode. My God. My God. Sting and Billy Gunn main evented that South Korea show. They never faced each other outside of that? No, I got to say. Pretty, pretty decent card. Jeff Jarrett, AJ Styles, DDP, Raven. Uh, Nydia was on that show. I actually interviewed her about that show. Uh, you know, not, not a terrible show for South Korea. It's not bad at all. Not, not bad. Not bad. Um, Jam Beard says, if Jay does become the TBS champ, I'd like to spe- see her first challenger be Riho. It'd be a fun contrast of styles. I'm sorry, buddy. He'd ha- she'd have to crush Riho. She'd have to just abuse Riho. Yeah. And that. <clears throat> Kind of like my sleep cycle was abused last week, Kate. Oh, no. Why, Sean? <sighs> Slept on those terrible hotel beds. It wasn't for me. It's not good for me. So I got home, and I slipped into a coma. Quite frankly, when I got home, I slept in a 24-hour period, 13 hours. I don't think I've ever done that. But I did it thanks to Helix. Helixsleep.com slash Fightful. Can you believe it? Can you I believe can't. it? I can't believe that. Well, you should, because I don't report crap. Wow. Kate. I tell the truth. I don't know. I tell it's... the truth, and I'm reporting that you will get your best night's sleep on a Helix mattress. Now, you might say, wait, wait, wait. I'm ordering this mattress. How am I going to make sure it's good? Well, you take their quiz. That's how. That's what I did last year when I didn't want to go to a mattress store and roll around on some mattress that a bunch of other people have been rolling around on. Helix knows that everybody's unique. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. They have ones that align your spine, ones that cool you down if you sleep hot. They have ones that reduce aches and pains, even a plus-size mattress for plus-size sleepers. You take the quiz. I was matched with the Dusk Lux combo, and I, before that, I slept only on my back. Now I'm able to sleep on my side. It's helped out my lower back an awful lot. Uh, it has increased my spinal health just significantly. Uh, I don't sleep on that terrible slab of memory foam anymore that I thought was good for me. I thought was a good deal. I decided, you know what? I'm going to invest in my sleep because you're spending ideally at least one third of your day in bed if you're getting a healthy night's sleep. So why not actually invest in it? And I did that. I loved it. And then I hit up Helix and I was like, let's work together. And they said, heck to the yeah. And they also wanted me to say, oh, by the way, you know what? We got a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. So if you go, you take that quiz. You order your mattress. It comes there. 100 nights? That's like, that's well, that is longer than WWE's non-compete clause. (laughs) And they'll come and pick it up for you. They're not going to. They're not going to make you send it back in a trash bag or something. They'll come and get it for you. And right now they're offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. When you go to helixsleep.com slash Fightful, I'm so happy uh, that we're going to be working with them throughout 2022 as well. It has legitimately changed my life. I even like their furniture. They're all form furniture. It's rad too. Check that out. I like that too. What else do you like, Sean? (laughs) 
good night's sleep. That's about it. There you go. That's all you need. Nerd Guru says, Survivor Series is a one-and-a-half match show. Let's be real. Becky and Charlotte should main event. The rest, the talent will win out, but there's no stories. There are no stories, but I am excited for some of the matches. This Becky Charlotte video, I really liked, though. I thought it was really well put together. Um, but when the highlight of SmackDown is the video packages and video promos, that ain't that ain't great. Not great. Not great at all. Uh, both video packages that we saw tonight, I thought were very, very well done. But I, in the similar vein, tweeted like, hey, our wins matter, don't matter. Our losses don't matter. Our titles don't matter because we just trade them and then talk about brand supremacy. And nobody can get invested in characters because we might just release them. What can you do for us, production team, is what this felt like to me. Dare I say, they knocked it out of the park. But I've said this before where I feel like they're going to run that same video package at Survivor Series and their video production is almost too good where it makes me feel like why did, why did I just sit through the past six weeks of this muddy crappy build when you could catch me up to speed and make me more emotionally invested in those like six minutes or whatever than you have with your seven hours of television over the past month and a half or so so um it, it's not their fault that they do such a great job it makes everything else feel obsolete yeah it's, it's what's missing in the rest of WWE that makes it feel that way, but outstanding. And I just also like the feel of the, like the tale of the tape stuff just feels very sports-based feels very MMA. Like, because this feud between Charlotte and Becky, whether you believe it's partially a work or not, like this has felt different or they've tried to make it feel different than the other 974 times they faced each other. And it's felt much more like personal and like a fight. So I like that they leaned into that with the direction of the assets that they were providing around that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, Dot com slash fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with better help. That's betterhelp.com slash fightful. Get in your super chats or your humper chats at humperchats.com. We've only got two chats for SmackDown. We've got more leftover Rampage chats than we do SmackDown chats. Alicia Ellis says uh, Kip Sabian was in the entrance to the arena at Norfolk taking pictures with the box on his head. He's been doing that for a while now. He has been doing that for a while now. 
Um, Dick Togo, or Ready to Go, I, I read that as Dick to Go from New Japan, says, <laughs> the thing that frustrates me the most about QT Marshall and the Ass Boys is Darby, and Darby is that AEW have got future stars like Ricky, Powerhouse Hobbsley, Moriarty cooling on the bench. Starks especially should be doing more than commentary. It sucks. I just don't know his health status. Like, I hope it's okay. I just don't know his health status. I uh, hope yeah. you got your hope you got your dick to go though for sure. I hope, yeah, I like I just can't do in house dick anymore. You got to get it to go, but <laughs> yeah. Plus, they I, add the girth when you get it to go. Yeah, it's just like a little bit bigger proportion, you know. So that's just wonderful. But I, you know, Starks had a very severe neck injury, and that's not something you want to screw around mm -hmm. with. So even if you're cleared to compete and not sitting on the sidelines, that doesn't always necessarily mean the best thing is for you to be wrestling right now. So. Um, so Luis says that Billy Gunn wrestled Sting in 1989. I'm pulling it up on YouTube right now. Billy Ass? Billy Ass as Kip Montana. My God. I can't see his face because he's getting just mollywopped by Sting and they're cutting to like hot women in the crowd. That is him. <laughs> by God. Here we go. Were this they timelessly hot women or were they like 1989 hot women okay the hair was 1989 hot but okay. still beautiful a beautiful woman still babes. yes nice. still a beautiful woman yes so 32 <laughs> years later 33 years later just unbelievable long-term colt, storytelling <laughs> colt says just want to check in and say thank you for all your hard work srs you're one of the best in the game and kate's been a fantastic addition to the team oh, thank keep you. it up thank you so much and Jay Shell, our friends, is happy gay. Hey guys, I almost said happy gays. <laughs> I mean, happy gays are great. I'm happy gay, yeah. I hope all of the, our, our gay viewers are very happy. Uh, we hope our gay viewers are gay. Quite yeah. frankly, uh, Jay Shell says, "Hey guys, happy Fightful Friday! Just joining. Can't wait for my favorite and Kate's favorite to fight each other while we lose it on Twitter. Who is that? Not Jay Shell. We know who Jay Shell is, but Jay Shell." Uh, wants to marry happy gays. JHL wants to marry Daniel Garcia, and I keep telling her that she's not allowed while she's under my roof. Okay, young lady. Yes. Um. So that is, I think, her favorite. Just, just remember the fightful slogan: Monday, Tuesday, happy gays. Thursday, Thursday Friday, Friday, happy, happy gays. Yes. Wednesday, AW Dynamite. Yes, in, indeed, <laughs> indeed. Um. So. We were supposed to get, um, there, there were some changes to tonight's show. Uh, There's supposed to be Sami Zayn versus Mansoor. I don't think that ended up happening. No. Unless I missed it. Nope. Um, instead, he's backstage and he complains about not being in the Battle Royal or not being in Survivor Series and not getting his documentary. And then Sonya says, oh, well, to honor 25 years of The Rock, we're doing a 25-man battle royal. So on the Twitch Watch Along Sunday, in order to commemorate my five and a half years at Fightful, there's going to be a five-and-a-half-man roast battle royal where at least five-and-a-half people have to roast one another. It can be man or woman. It's just you know the, the terminology. Person, yeah. Roast each other. And the winner wins something. So, Joel, five and a half 
we can round it up to six, like Armageddon 2000. I, I want to commemorate six years. We got to do it. A roast battle. And then you clip it and you put it on the Distraction YouTube channel or Fightful Scraps. But you have to only have like eight people on staff left when you do that because that's what the case is here. It's a 25-man battle royal with 27 people currently on the main roster, I think. Is that right? Was it 27? It was something like that. Yeah. Not great. Not great at all. And also kind of lame that it's brand supremacy season and you're throwing guys from both brands into this thing. It makes no sense. Oh, all the happy gays. Bezos says, going to be at Survivor Series, and if it wasn't off name value alone that I get to see my favorites, I would not be interested. However, that Char Lynch package is beautiful. They're the best in the game when it comes to that. They really are. Bezos says they always rely on their production team to save themselves. They made Sasha Bianca match actually seem like it had a good build. That's the thing. If you just tune into WrestleMania, you would think, damn, they built the hell out of this show, but they don't. It sucks, but they piece together enough stuff to make it seem like you didn't waste your time. King Reezy says, Sean, with all the roster getting thinner and thinner, do you think they'll start signing short-term deals? Uh, And if they like you, they'll give you a long-term deal. Yes. I mean, they are making efforts to re-sign some pretty big people, but I think we're leaning towards shorter-term deals in general. We're not getting the five-year offers anymore uh, for some – okay, I don't want to say anymore. For the majority of people, it's more like three years. They're not signing people a year and a half ahead of time. They're signing people a couple months ahead of time. Also, the the names, like even the Anthony Green class of people were like shorter term deals, then got extended. So they they were already kind of doing that. Uh, we had a bunch of short matches. Uh, Nakamura defeated Angel Garza. Uh, we had Jeff Hardy defeating Madcap Moss. Quite frankly, I don't have anything to say about these matches. They happened. They were short. They existed. A person won. Jeff Hardy won. Shinsuke Nakamura won. Uh, Jeff Hardy brought out Drew McIntyre, who we interviewed today. Check out YouTube.com slash Fightful. But these two matches were just, bam, quick, move on. And the boot, like they were setting up a tag match between Garza and Nakamura. But it's like, I, I don't want to see it. I already saw him get his ass whipped real quick. Well, yeah, like we we had the tag match where the Los Lotharios went over. Don't confuse me with the Spanish speaker. I know my pronunciation was amazing. Um, and they won. And now Shinsuke won. Like, Jeremy said on the distraction earlier that part of the reason he was, like, waning on doing the show was because he got really tired of saying, like, then ring work was good, but the booking makes no sense, blah, 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 blah. And I was Every like, time. wow, Jeremy walked so that I could walk at the same pace because nothing has changed at the time that Jeremy has left to me being here. So it is, this is like just, that was the perfect microcosm of this, right? Like you have a title holder, they're going to 50-50 it to death. We might get a blow off at some point, but like if Los Lotharios just became a tag team, what's the point of doing it with your IC champion? That makes no sense. So like, it's just the same rut that we've been in. So I, I don't have a ton to say. This is a very anticlimactic reign from an incredibly skilled wrestler and in Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Pat McAfee 
is the best part of this match. Like him just <clears throat> popping for Nakamura's theme every time Boogs plays it is it's the best. It's just the greatest. A bit of breaking news thanks to Luis. Um New Japan versus Noah will be night three of Wrestle Kingdom. That is pretty Ooh. rad. That's pretty rad. And that is not a rad week for us. That's going to be a, oh, I'll be using that helixsleep.com <laughs> slash fightful on that week. It's going to be a tough one. Let me let me check out that schedule. You're nocturnal anyway, Sean. You stay up very, very late. You do too. Oh, do. God. The fourth is a Tuesday. The fifth is a Wednesday. Oh, that week is going to suck. I can't wait. Can't that wait. I will say, as someone who got into this like later, me this being companies outside of WWE and New Japan in particular, the past four or so Wrestle Kingdoms that I've watched, it's really fun that it's just a bunch of dorks losing their minds over New Japan booking and matches at like 4 a.m. on Twitter. There's something like very fun about being like, you know what? I just have coffee or an yeah. energy drink in my hand. And like wrestlers are usually watching, I find too. Like there's a yes. lot of wrestlers talking online about it. So this this last time I fell asleep with my laptop open, like I, I tapped out at one point, but it's just, it's very fun communal and feels like this <laughs> weird slumber party. It's so when we were... So again, guys, subscribe to Fightful Scraps, youtube.com slash Fightful Scraps. Kyler does a lot of great work over there. We have a lot of clips. We have a lot of specials. We have a lot of things over there. When I was getting the watch hours up for that, we just did four hour watch alongs of Wrestle Kingdom earlier this year. So oh, uh, now we've got three different channels. We've got four different channels. If you count Twitch, who knows what the hell is going to be going on there? Uh, Jam Beard says, who's the half in the roast battle? Denise might be short enough. Denise is, <laughs> I think she'll be back in time for it this weekend. Yeah, she will be. Uh, Tony inter Tony Storm interview after the Shotzi-Sasha match, but Charlotte shows up. Uh, Tony has been added to this team after disappearing. And Brandon says, the mo moment Tony Storm was announced as the last member of SmackDown, uh, without her graphic even being ready, I knew this pay-per-view was an afterthought from everyone involved. Time to scrap it. No, when the answer is time to scrap it, or when people say that, I say, no, it's time to give a shit about it. Yeah. It's time to give it some care. It's time for them to care about it. Don't just scrap something because they don't care. They need to start caring about it. Survivor Series can be good. There can be matches with stakes. To me, a Survivor Series elimination match can and has been some of the most exciting wrestling television I've ever seen. But this isn't it. And none of this will matter. What's insulting about it, too, is this is probably one of the easiest builds to a pay-per-view you could ever have and how you set up a pay-per-view. It's ridiculous that we didn't have qualifying matches. It, it seems like whenever they do one of these Saudi Arabia shows, whatever follows suffers. So, But to your point, I get the temptation of saying scrap stuff. A, Survivor Series is not when you scrap. That's one of the big ones. You don't do that. B, like, <sighs> takeovers were great and they happened all the time. To me, a big problem of the way WWE is going about its pay-per-views, non-pay-per-views, is the fact that the gimmick determines the programming and not the other way around. I've said that before, so sorry if this is repetitive yeah. for people watching, but it's like, when it's already decided that this pay-per-view is happening in this style 
this way, it makes it much more difficult to back into good programming and to give people something different than you've seen before, which is why you have dumb things like no finishes in a cell and cutting Finn Balor's wrestling ropes from under him. It's because they don't know how to diversify that and they're too lazy to be creative about it. So I think it's more the gimmicks determining things, but if you ran with your big four Survivor Series being one of them, that's fine. They're capable of producing great monthly pay-per-views. They just need to give a shit about it and not scrap stuff that is a part of their history that they hate to acknowledge for some reason. Oh, man. So we got a great Zia Lee vignette. It was comic book style. Um, it does seem very WWE to be like person from China coming to defend their family and all that. But the production of it was incredible. Oh, so cool. <laughs> Unlike anything I've ever seen done in WWE. And I love that. They need to do something different. Something captivating. I thought this was captivating. But I'll tell you what else was different. The T and Chauvin yets. And what happened? We'll see. We'll see. Oh, boy. What'd you think of this? Of Zaya's? Yes. Yeah, I thought this was really cool. To your point, it was something that I hadn't seen before. And the fact that it's kind of a more stereotypical story along the lines of what WWE does didn't bother me because it also felt like a story that was in line with like this kind of cartoon character, um, comic book style that they were laying it out in. So it felt like at least consistent and I, to be honest, like my faith in the project is so low. I was like, oh, cool. She's just going to come out with a sword. Like that's going to be her whole yeah. thing. So it's nice that we saw like an actual build here. This was one of my favorite parts of the show. And it shouldn't be a video package. That's my favorite part of the show. Really ever. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, we had Shotzi versus Sasha Banks. This was... A good match that I wanted to be longer. Uh, Jambeard says that the Zaya thing feel like Mulan, and uh, not really to me. Uh, but Shotzi Sasha is a match that I've wanted. They are so good in the ring. Um, like I'm, I'm so happy that they're booking them together. Shotzi got beat with a like an arm in bank statement, and was forced to shake Sasha's hand afterwards, and then Sasha beat her up again. This is Sasha. She doesn't need to be a face. She doesn't need to be a heel. She needs to be Sasha. Let her be Sasha. And that's what Sasha would do. She would just do that and then dance off and troll around. And I'm okay with that. How did you feel about the match and, and that type of reaction? Uh, So the match to not a surprise to me was great. There were some really great spots in here. People chanting for Eddie Guerrero, I thought was really nice. And her going up to the the rope. Um, I the, Her Meteora is great. That finish was awesome. Shotzi yelling stuff in the ring about Sasha being trash did not work for me because Sasha's not trash. Like, if you're going to trash talk, do something that still feels relevant to the story you're telling. To say <laughs> a legendary multi-time champion uh, is trash is just not it's not even what the story turned out to be like started as right. So, um, but overall I thought the match was fantastic. I don't like Sasha doing that at the end. I don't think faces should do stuff like that when it's something as like honor Cody as a handshake, especially if they had just finished the match and she did that to her as a slap in the face. But again, 
very sick of coexist. And I also thought the promos going into this were absolutely terrible. Like they basically, it felt like we're trolling us with how they weren't going to say the word bitch. And then surprise, they said the word bitch anyway. Wow. Like just coexist, bitch, rinse, repeat, like do better than that. But the match itself was, I thought was fantastic. Oh, Sean lost his sound. Did you great mute yourself, Sean? Yes. Uh, Nerd Guru says Shotzi. Now I'm going to mute her. Uh, Shotzi was over as a baby face, says Nerd Guru. Turned heel. Got everything that made her cool taken away and just kind of lost tonight. I've seen this story before. I think Shotzi could work better as a baby or better as a heel than welcome to the ball pit or whatever the hell it was she was saying before the promos were way worse as a baby face i thought but um this just doesn't inspire a lot uh bezos says love the callback to the ec 2019 finish great match that is a good shout definitely a good shout yes that was great kenshiro says the scrap it mentality is like taking all the wheels off a car and going man this thing can barely drive now better get rid of it exactly you you fix the problem not create more problems yeah, and there's, like, I would have less of a problem with what Sasha did being ambiguous as a face and a heel, and I would have way less of a problem with Shotzi turning heel if we had more than 21 women here and there were not that many faces involved in anything. Like, I, it's just, all those little things seem to carry so much more weight because there's just such a lack of programming. But there's women on TV having matches that are longer than three minutes, so that's neat, and the match was great. Well, we had the five or four way. It was Ricochet, Cesaro, Gender, uh, and Sheamus. And Ridge causes, I thought, a well-executed distraction. Uh, there's not going to be a whole lot more that you see executed as well as that. The highlight to me was the Cesaro swing on Gender, which I thought Gender took as well as anybody and definitely better than anybody near his size has ever taken it. Sheamus getting added to the team is just, I, I don't know. It's like one of those things where, okay, it establishes that team. It doesn't it doesn't establish a lot of excitement, I guess. But. No, the near falls for Cesaro and Ricochet had huge crowd reactions, and then Sheamus won. Um, it feels like very much what happens with Liv Morgan on the women's side with both Ricochet and Cesaro where everybody's behind them and they just won't put them in, in prominent spots, which is a bummer, yeah. but uh, the distraction, you know, shocker, we get a distraction, but a well-executed one at least <clears throat> fits the story that they're trying to tell. I did pop for them being like, we're going to go to the bar. Yeah. After that was kind of fun, but I, I would normally be more upset about the fact that it's Seamus and not somebody else that, but like, I don't really care in the first place. So <laughs> like they haven't yeah. given me a reason to. Heading down the home stretch, fellas. Uh, get in your super chats and, and humper ladies. chats. Whatever. And happy uh, gays. Joseph Smirk says, uh, Zaya's promo is more like the Oren Ishii origin story from Kill Bill Volume 1. As a Tarantino fan, I liked it. That is a great shout. And he also <laughs> says, New Japan versus Noah. Inject it into my veins. Well, by God, we are. And Zach Schimmel says, SRS, hope you're doing well. 
Uh, I've been dealing with the same stuff for a year. Kate, love everything you do with Fightful. You are special. Love Fightful, but I don't do WWE anymore. Have a great night. I'm headed to Twitch, not trying to plug. Hashtag FTF. Well, you know what, Zach? I wish you would plug because you have donated us an awful lot in the past, and we'd be more than happy to uh, plug your Twitch. So uh, if you ever want us to do that, I'd be happy to. But um, we love Zach Schimmel here. He's been a longtime supporter. But Kate, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me at Kate on deck. I see on Twitter. You can catch me on Tuesdays. Losing my ever-loving mind with Alex Pulowski on <laughs> Sour Graps right after NXT or whenever they release people. Now, I guess we just do those bonus episodes for you on Select every two weeks. You can find me Wednesdays on the Mark Order podcast at Mark Order Pod, where we talk all things elite. And every Friday, back here with this guy when he's not asleep on his Helix Sleep mattress, we're doing this. Guys, we have so much at Fightful. Oh, we've got another segment to cover. It's just sad that nobody super chatted about it. Oh, no. Roman Reigns was on the show. Oh. Yeah, I have notes about it. And somebody that. says Jeff had a comment. We ain't talking about that stupid-ass comment. <laughs> okay, yeah, we will. Jeff said... <laughs> what was it? The... Uh... Oh, jeez. My gosh, I forgot, I forgot, like, I forgot, like, half this show. I forgot half this show. That's how inconsequential it it's was. It's pretty forgettable. I mean, what, so. We were about to end the show without talking about the Aaliyah match, by the way. Well, because nobody that else wants to talk about it. Like, it nobody's short, sending in Super Chats because we don't Nobody's sending Super Chats, by the way. So Aaliyah Jeff versus put, Naomi, or do you want to talk about that? Like, Yes, we got to talk about that. Okay. Bad looking Thez press there. Um, and then Naomi gets screwed. This is a go home show. I was about to wrap up. I completely forgot that they that Roman Reigns was on this show. It's because it was so bad. In, in this it, was, tag it wasn't match, even that bad. It was that forgettable. In this tag match, there's a fast count on the ref, or the ref does a fast count on Naomi. And backstage, Jay Shell and Jay Shell does point out racist Naomi Naja after hit row. How great! It does seem concentrated that they make the ref be a black woman in this situation. Um, but Sonia, I don't think is being aggressive because of race. I think she was being aggressive because she didn't want to be complicit in this situation. She was being like, "Ha ha! Don't know what you're talking about. Get the hell out of here, you crooked ref." No, what I didn't need was her saying, what are you, one of those NXT call-up refs trying to make it here when Leon yes. Ruff, that ref's husband, was released a month ago. And they just released two people two weeks ago, and they just released people a day ago. Awful. Not not cute heat. A shitty thing to do. Um, I, I don't think this was Rachel either. I'll tell you what, I'm getting really sick of it. I really need the blow-off to come because I thought this was one of the best stories they had going. And it is getting very long in the tooth. Um, there's, <laughs> it, this is kind of like what AEW is doing with their stables. Like, resolve the situation now, okay? Like, let Naomi beat the ever-loving crap out of her or whatever's supposed to happen here. Because it's just, now Natalia is a heel, I guess, again, with Shayna. Like, what was this? 
forgettable. That's why we forgot to talk about it. It was super short and stupid. <laughs> yeah, it was. And and I like the the Naomi Sonya stuff, but I'm ready. I'm ready for their match. I'm ready for their match. Mark Losper says there's a super chat about these about these segments. Despite not watching SmackDown, Roman's gimmick is dull as dishwater. It's starting to tread that way for me. Uh, Ken Shiro says Survivor Series go home show. By the way, Brent Lockman says, Did anybody see the NXT 2.0 logo being chased around the ring by a Canadian with a chair? That was the end of Rampage with uh, Nick or Nick Jackson dressed up in the paint splatter stuff and Christian chasing him. Well played. Well played. Um, so what what the hell was it that Jeff Hardy said? The tribal grief or something like that? I actually didn't catch it. I don't oh, know it was something was stupid. About. It was something so stupid. Let me go back on my Twitter and see what I it was. I love bad puns, too. I'm a connoisseur of such. Let me see. I think he said the tribal grief. Yep, he sure did. Jesus, that's how I feel right now. Ooh, <laughs> I feel the tri- oh. Acknowledge it. Jesus. Jesus Christ. I guess well, we should the, talk about the, it. They kicked off the show with... Roman Reigns and the Usos out there and Xavier Woods shows up and they start destroying the the throne, the crown. Then Xavier gets mad, not the crown. Just have another one made. Just have another, who gives a shit? Have another one made. And then he gets beaten up. Your your hamburger. (laughs) He, He gets beaten up and he's like, you know what? I'm going out there at the end of the night. And the Usos and Roman Reigns are going to be, confronting Xavier. They're going to jump him again. But as Roman makes his way to the ring, we start to see the Usos thrown out. And it's Big E. Big E and Xavier try to lay the smack down. But Roman Reigns just barely escapes. I get them holding off. Because you don't want too much physical interaction between Reigns and, and Big E before this. Not that that's ever worried them before. But... This just didn't do it for me. It didn't do it for me. I didn't like that Xavier Woods gave a promo about you can't beat me with one of your with with when your boys aren't here, essentially, and asked for a match, and the match didn't happen, and one of Xavier Woods' boys came out to save him. That doesn't say we're equal. That doesn't say I'm a top face and you're a top heel. That just says I'm a hypocrite, and that's not what baby faces are supposed to be. They're supposed to be good guys to the point where it hurts them. Like it's 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 detrimental to them, but they're that respectful of the rules. I I did not like the ending of this at all. That was I didn't like the beginning and I didn't like the end. And both segments involved well, the last segment involved both champions, and then the first one involved the champion of this brand going into a pay-per-view. Like it just wasn't you're gonna get mad about the crown like everything is turned into eighth grade with scooters and motors okay i wasn't like a cool enough eighth grader i had a motorcycle but you know what i mean like instead of stakes we're gonna get mad about props like this is just so lame mark losper says danielson's heel gimmick is what people pretend roman's gimmick is roman is a chicken shit heel masquerading as a killer it's garbage he has become one yeah Um, he has become one, and that's uh, Paul Heyman says as much in his Hawani interview. He relies on the wise man to give him intel and a, and a heads up. 
Nurguru says Roman's gimmick is treading water, so now they need The Rock, and I don't even care about it. How else could they possibly sell out Dallas twice, clowns? I think they do need The Rock at this point. Yeah. They need The Rock and Cena, I think, at this point. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong about that. Um, I don't know what else does that. I don't know what else sells out Dallas twi- twice other than what you just named, because it's not going to be Lesnar. And... I to the point about Daniel said one thing I think that AEW I think Lesnar will help. I think Lesnar will help. Lesnar will help, uh, yeah. but selling out Dallas, let's not forget how big that stadium is, though, too. Twice, run, too. Yeah, two nights there is that's a lot. So um, you know, AEW is really good at having characters just change their perspectives a little bit and booking them as faces and heels. Like I think that's what we saw with Danielson. He came out and he was the best in the world at this. And now he's a dick who's the best in the world at this or whatever. Like, so it's not like you have to wipe the slate clean every time you kind of did with Roman. Cause it was such a failed experiment for so long, but like these perspective changes, these little hints of things make those turns much more organic and easier to get behind. This is getting stale for me on the Roman front. This is a tough time of year for WWE programming anyway, cause they're just never going to set up anything that consequential before Royal rumble anyway, cause that's the reset button. So um, I, I think it'll be waffly for a few more weeks. And then when the new year comes, it'll make more sense. But Alex on the Tuesday night show likes to say, um, that the blonde Uso, who <laughs> is another member of this wonderful family, um, he could be main roster ready. That could be a very fun wrinkle to enter into this. Or even if they don't use him, something's got to shake up with the Usos a little bit, like something in the story needs to move. That's not necessarily detrimental to Roman's title picture, but like, things in the bloodline could happen that would keep it fresh and moving forward. We got a pity humper chat for SmackDown from Joey Bag of Donuts and Jambeard kind of finishes up and saying, can we hear the New York princess's opinion of the Naomi, Sonia, Baszler feud? I mean, I just want all the girls to have fun. (laughs) I keep those gimmicks for Tuesday nights, but sometimes they travel over here. (laughs) Kate's already done her plug, so I'll do mine. I'm here on Sunday. For Survivor Series, FightfulSelect.com. Thank you all so much. Until next time, we're out.